welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello and welcome to the Naked Podcaster. This is Jen Taylor. If you are getting value from this podcast, click subscribe and leave a review. Podcasters love that stuff. Today I'm here with Seth Elliott Santoro. Seth, we're pretty excited. Yay! (laughs) So your website, because I cyberstalk, is I, and you know what, for some reason, every time I see your URL, I'm reading the word the, because it's in there, but I am sethelliot.com. Yes. Yeah. You have a book. I got your book. I haven't read your book yet. I try to do that before people are on, but I don't always get to it. It's called (laughs) How I Learned to Smile from the Inside, and that's available on Amazon. We'll have all the links. Okay. So I want to go over, I want to do some shameless self-promotion here and talk mm-hmm. about who you are. Okay. Who is, I? what is the website about? Tell me about the book. Tell me about both of them and what you're doing right now. Okay. Um, so many questions. So I always, <laughs> I always tell people first that I'm an intuitive business coach. So I work with CEOs and executives and leaders to become better leaders, right? Uh, how I, do I do that? I use my intuitive gifts. I, as a, I'm an intuitive, right? I'm also a psychic medium. I'm a healer. Um, my husband says that I can do amazing physical healing as well. I do chakra cleansing, all that fun stuff. But I've been in corporate America for 20 something years you know, and my latest is HR expert, HR advisor. So I wanted to find a way to combine everything, you know? So, Absolutely. so yeah. So right now I call myself an intuitive business coach and medium and, and author, you know? Um, so the book, How I Learned to Smile from the Inside is for anyone who has lost their smile. Um, I personally have been through a lot. I mean, I, I look pretty young, I think, but um, in my young little life, I've gone through a lot. And I noticed that there was a pattern to how I healed, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an update to D- Dr. Kubler Ross's Five Stages of Loss, but it's in, I turned it into the Five Stages of Healing. You know, um, okay. I think that everyone is very unique in how they heal, um, but I do feel like they pass through these five steps. Um, I use the acronym of Smile, and each okay. one stands for a different step stage. You know, I'm, I'm sure we can get into that later. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the book. Um, I am writing. I have like five books in my head. Uh, <laughs> those of us who are authors tend to have, people are like, what are you look, working on? And I'm like, oh, it'll explode. Like you don't understand. <laughs> like sometimes I think I have eight books in me and then other times I think I have five. And then I'm like, do I write about this? And then I literally, the other day I was like, I was, I was, you know, in the bathroom, we all get our, I get the most amazing ideas. I'm like typing and I'm like, oh my God, I have like, I get this. I'm going to do this now, you know? So anyway. Um, yes. Yeah, so right now I have, um, I do still do HR. Um, my hope is to leave HR by the end of the year, um, but I'm building my clientele okay. list. So business coaching. Um, I actually work, yeah, I actually work with um, celebrities as well as influencers and CEOs of companies, small companies, large companies. Um, and yeah. So the people that have a lot of, leverage in the company. I mean, I would say an influencer and a celebrity have a lot, maybe that's the best word that I just came off up with off the cuff, but they have a lot of leverage in their life in what they're showing people. Um, And so a CEO does in a company and an influencer and a celebrity do just sort of in the general public and population of people that follow. So you're taking the people that have the most clout in their space and backing them up and trying to figure out 
what, how they can do things better, get their message across. Yeah, it is. It's about reframing their past, um, creating a new commitment to the present, and then building a better legacy and future. So just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> It's tough. And sometimes we're talking about projects the entire time, like one little project or one little person in their office that they can't, you know, and sometimes it's venting, sometimes it's therapy, um, but it's all about moving them forward. Um, and yeah, as said, like exactly what you said, CEOs not only affect the employees that they, that work for them, but also themselves, their families, their friends, their, their clients, their associates, and then everyone who gets their product or, or pro, you know, I mean, who buys for their, anything from them, it's all affected. So, right. That's a lot of climate change. I mean, they have the ability to affect, right? Isn't that kind of, <laughs> I'm going to say things in bizarre ways just to get you to laugh. So you, how, first of all, yeah. let's back up. And I want to know how you got into corporate America and HR, because that's, is that kind of where this started? No, not at all. It's so I'm funny. putting it so, isn't that funny? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like, I, I graduated high school when I was 16. I went to college, okay. right? I, uh, my parents always instilled upon me to have a plan B because I wanted to be okay. an actor and singer. I wanted to affect the world in some way, you know? Right. Um, now I understand it's to help them smile and inspire them to smile from the inside, right? But when I was 20, 21, I had no idea what that meant. But I was like, I'm going to be an actor, you know? Right. Yeah. So whatever. So I did that modeling, whatever, in New York. Yeah, for a while. yeah. Um, but I literally fell into a couple jobs. I was in insurance investigations. That's where I got my potty mouth. I know, like, yeah, yeah. It's not very good. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be better about it. Uh, but anyway, fuck that, right? So, <laughs> amen. Okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So, um, I. No, you're good. You're good. So within a span of two years, I lost four or five friends. Um, mm. and that, and I literally once one really good friend passed and I thought I spoke to her, like I thought she came to me somehow. Um, and it happened a couple times throughout my twenties, but as I started to, I mean, no, no relation. I moved to LA. I wanted to like, just explore the world. I became a life coach, a certified coach. You know, I had my, I was became a yoga teacher, all this stuff. And, but that you don't make money really until you're <laughs> successful. Right. So I went into HR, like just randomly. Okay, all right. So, so it wasn't like your college degree and life. It wasn't my college degree mission and. <laughs> People were okay. like, HR management degree or like any of the certifications. I'm like, no, just learned it on the go. Like, yep. You know? Which is a how a lot of us. I mean, I did, I never got my college degree, so everything mm -hmm. I did managing all of these companies back in the corporate days. Yeah you start at the bottom and you work your way up and you're just faster and better at figuring stuff out than other people are. And you're aggressive about getting promoted. Yeah, absolutely. And Not that's how you learn. Yeah. Okay. So let's, I love that you took corporate America and that you are taking, you're taking all of your skills and kind of packaging them in a very unique way, but I know there's more to this story. So I actually want to go back a yeah. little bit more because okay. I know you, you said you lost some people. We can, I think your story, we're going to interweave. We're not going to go chronologically in order, we're, but that's totally cool. I We're just here to have fun. ADHD, I love it. <laughs> I had a feeling that would work for you. Yeah. So about 11 years ago, you turned 30. Oh my God, you're 41? 
Oh my, shh, don't shh. tell people that. I it, just turned 49, so it's no, all good. Amazing. I was you just, look amazing. We're high-fiving. Okay, so <laughs> you had your 30th birthday and a little breakdown, so let's go into that. <laughs> I love that that's when you start. You're like, <laughs> that's breakdown. I love it. Um, well, I, you can take me back further because I know no, you said you have a husband. No, is this good? Okay, 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 yeah. okay, this is good. The Jump husband in. is... It's a whole other story. He's also a medium, psychic. It's oh, we're it's, going into this stuff. Okay, okay. okay. all so right. 30, I um, I woke up. I think for the first time, and well, it was my birthday, right, September twenty fifth, and I woke up and I just started crying because I wasn't. I didn't have a six figure job. I didn't. I was like, I was like forty thousand away from the six figure job. You know, I wasn't where I wanted to be. I thought that I would get married. It didn't matter to whom or which gender. Like I knew right. I wanted to get married, have kids by 30. I was like, I'm going to have my house, you know, because, yeah. And then when you live in a big city, it's not that easy sometimes. Right. Um, but I really, I really just spent the whole day kind of sulking. And then I, well, I say half the day. Because the second half of the day, I started planning. So I wrote a list. I made a list of like everything I wanted, you know. Like, okay. What, like, what that look for? I love that, I, I, because oh. I make lists for everything. Oh, I know, and it's insane how I like, I'm like, cross I love it out. <laughs> if okay. I have something on my to-do list, if I, yeah. or if I do something in the day, if I do something today that wasn't on the to-do list, I'll write it down just so I can. Just because, yes, I'm so it's, it's a feeling of accomplishment. So you wrote down things that you wanted to accomplish. This is awesome. It's called yeah. goal setting, people. <laughs> What and was I, on the list? Yeah, so I wanted to make six figures, right? Okay. I, I wanted a job that I could travel. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I wanted like I was in a relationship, but I wanted a better relationship. But <laughs> um, anyway, uh, and I wanted to um, go see my family more, and it was just a whole. It was a list of yeah. ten or twelve things, but I really focused on the position, the job that I wanted. Um, and then, funny enough, as love and life would have it, like two weeks later, I sent it to a friend of a friend. And because he was interested in like what I was, um, what I wanted to do with my next kind of career. And he literally came back to me two days later and was like, I can give you everything that you want on your list for the role. Like you're going to travel, if you don't mind traveling to Mexico back and forth, you know, you're going to make your six figures, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm in. So it literally happened very fast. Can I get his email? <laughs> I mean... You know what? Here's the power of everything in life is energy mm -hmm. from a scientific perspective. Yeah. And it's a, I don't care if people are God, Buddha, whatever you are. It doesn't matter because it all came, comes down to the same scientific principles. And what you did with list creating that I didn't realize for most of my life, I mean, until the last couple of years, is that mm -hmm. by writing those lists, you're manifesting the life that you want. If you're authentic about it and yeah. you're, and you're really, um, being specific enough right. and you're not sending out two, two things that are kind of contradicting, which people tend to do we without. All, we all do that. Yeah. 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 When you really set those intentions of what you want, you are manifesting that. And so you saw that happen. I did. I did. Yeah. It's, it's not, it wasn't always that easy for me. <laughs> it's right? not. I just made it sound so. Later. I know. Right? Yeah. Like wrap it in a, with a bow. It doesn't work that way, but <laughs> It is that easy in theory. In yeah. practice, it's a little So he said, you can get everything you want. And I said, let's do it. And then 
yeah, and then for two years, I had this crazy, like, just journey and adventure working. It was the head of HR for a company that grew lemons in Mexico. It was so random. So random. So I know. great. Yeah. The, the funny, the f- first book that I wanted to, that I have written, that I didn't publish yet, it's called, um, oh, what is it called? The Danger of Growing Lemons or something, something like that. And awesome. it talks about, like, my experiences and adventures down there. It was crazy because it was with the cartels and the police and the military and lemon growing and (laughs) those lemons those lemons yeah (laughs) what about the relationship because that and seeing your family more you were able to because you traveled and you had more money yeah Yeah, absolutely i had more money and more miles and more oh yeah and like it was just you know like yeah right okay what about the relationship how did that get fixed in there so the interesting thing is the relationship ended like about a year or so later when i woke up and i decided and I literally said, I deserve better. It's so horrible, but that's what I said. Um, the fascinating part is that the second time I did that, two and a half years later, so that was like 34, that time I rolled over and I was like, what am I doing? I deserve so much better. And the next day, that's when the mediumship and the psychic stuff started. So it kind of, that all started being on my journey through that. So ugh. I don't think saying you deserve better is anything negative on that person because one man's trash is another man's treasure. The same theory where like I may. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, when I meet somebody and really connect, I like I, the relationships that have ended for me have been great men who I wasn't great with. Yeah. Doesn't make them less great men at all in any way shape or form and for another person i can see it being wildly successful i wasn't that person so that's a mirror image of why the relationship wasn't working out or i thought i deserved better however you want to phrase that Mm -hmm. um so there's nothing wrong with deserving better or different or what so you said you didn't care if it was a man or a woman yeah oh the marriage yeah yeah so either way Either way, I mean, I'm much more attracted to men, but like, okay, I, you know, I want, I want, um, I want to be in love, and I want, you know, like I yep. am now. I want, I want that whole thing. I have one of my daughters. I, I am not that way. Like, I can't imagine sexually being with a woman. It's not a big deal. I yeah. just don't see myself doing it. I and one of my daughters who who um, comes on the show with me quite a bit. She she's like either way. I want, this is the life I want. I want kids. This is the family I want. This is the type of person I want. And this is how I want to be treated. That person can come to me, freaking alien. She doesn't care. And I love her for that. Yeah. And, and it's about like the soul, right? Yeah. It's about the person. It's not really about their gender. I mean, for some people it would be about their gender, but not for me. You know? I think that's excellent. Yeah. I, it's, that's great. I feel like I'm a generation Zer before or a millennial before, you know? That, before that was a thing. Not technologically advanced, but the other ways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you ha- why haven't you published that first book about lemons? Um, it was, it's about 80% there, maybe 85% there. And I think I wanted to get, I don't know, there's no good reason why. No. I think it's timing and, you know, yeah, I was, I was I was held at gunpoint, right, and almost kidnapped. That's part of the book that you have, and that's that chapter is called "The Day I Almost Peed My Pants." <laughs> it's like almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be worse. <laughs> it could have been worse but yeah, um, I don't know. It's a good question why I haven't. Um, that's okay. 
There doesn't have to be a reason. That's the good news for this. So I want you to bring me through because you said when you, I think when you're really being true to yourself and you've smiled past the difficulties, like you're talking about from the inside out, those things, like you said, the mediumship came to you. So I think when we put, when we position ourselves in the right place and we've gone through the right things with the right attitude or over time we get to that place because it's not a one and done generally Um, the world kind of opens up in different ways. So talk to me about, I mean, I want to go through some of the struggles that you have gone through because it helps a lot. I know we're going to talk about the death expert and your, and your husband. And, um, that's confusing to me on the surface. I'm sure we'll have clarity once we talk about it, but I don't want to jump into that without talking about being held at gunpoint or kidnapped. (laughs) I mean, we might want to pregame this stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Where's my so <laughs> you let me just give you a couple highlights of your life and you can jump in we have cancer yeah. kidnap yeah. escaping hiv yeah. um and then your friends marriages babies and deaths so jump in anywhere you want in any one of those and we don't have to go i want you to at least highlight those things because they created you to be the person that wanted to smile from the inside decided yeah. that you deserved better twice and had things open up to you. Yeah. So I want that to make sense. I love it. Yeah. So dive in. Where do I Cancer. Begin? Cancer. Yeah. When I first moved to um, LA from New York, I broke up with someone and I think it was a really tough time for me. I was the only one from my family on the West coast. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, now I've created my West coast family right? Like my friends have become my family out here. Um, my entire family is still on the East Coast. So I think it was a lot for me to handle in one year and then leaving New York, coming here to LA. Um, and I, I just, I think that all contributed, you know? Um, and then the moles were checked and then, you know, and then they call you with that call of, you know, and it's so interesting before I say what they said, they, they, they have that call like every day, right? Whereas yeah. here you have superficial spreading malignant melanoma every day. Like that's not a, it's not a something that we hear. So I wish you would have said like, sit down <laughs> or are you sitting, you know, something like that, uh, but she didn't. I mean, I told my parents, but yeah, it was like, so matter of fact, and I, she said this to me and I was like, what? Like, yeah. I know what melanoma is because randomly I did a project in the sixth grade about melanoma. I know what malignant means. I don't know what superficial spreading means. And so she explained, oh yeah, it's the most aggressive type of cancer. Not what you say, like not what you say to someone that just asks you what? (laughs) And I- (laughs) Oh, by the way, here's your latte. And by the way- (laughs) Right, right, you're gonna die. um, It is the most aggressive form. Yeah. And- Uh, and when she said that, I, I'll weave in the book too. Like the first thing you go into is shock, right? There's no way around that. So that's like the S for smile, the acronym I use. So the, the first one is shock. And I feel like it lasted a couple days for me. Like I, I need to sit down. I was kind of numb, you know, but I think it's the body's way. I, I know it's the body's way of, of letting us, giving us time to process what's going on, you know? So kind of like when your brain hits your heart, like in the middle, it's like giving you that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, then I found it very interesting that I, oh, I had to take care of everyone around me. So when I told people at first, I had to then 
help them, I guess, handle, manage the news, you know? So it, it wasn't about me, right? It was about <laughs> their reaction and response. Does that make sense? Yeah, which is and, not what you, that's the opposite of what you want to be doing. Right, but it's, it's what happens. And yes. I, I literally, I remember I went to John Wayne Cancer Center because I'm in LA and it was one of the best for melanoma. And what, they had this whole um, uh, questionnaire that you fill out after everything and after your surgery and all that stuff. And I, and they said, what would be the one thing that you tell people? And so that was the one of the one things that I told them that like, it may be about you, but your family is going to need time to deal with this because you're also, you also go through like what I call a second step of like mock acceptance, which is like this half denial, half acceptance where you just get shit done. Like mm -hmm. I got to go to work. <laughs> Like, I just right. can't go. Um, I got to go out and I got to do this and I got to do this, Lola. Um, and it's, and it's, or you're planning a wedding. I'm sorry, you're planning a funeral for someone or whatever. You just got to get it done, right? No matter what happens to you. So I think in that time, it's continuing. It's, it's the body's way of continuing to allow you to get it together before yeah. the emotions kind of hit, you know? So with me, I've noticed that about two weeks after something major, like trauma or some, something major happens, someone passes away, I feel like two weeks to the day and I lose it. Like I cry, the emotions start to fly everywhere. Um, and which is why in the book I call it in overwhelmed them because that's, it's overwhelming feelings of poignant emotions, you know, poignant. Yeah. You need to go through those to get to the other side. You know, like anyone who tells me like, oh yeah, I've dealt with it. Yeah. Um, you need to push through those emotions to get to the other side, you know? So right. for me, it took about two weeks. That's when I stopped telling people. And then finally my mother was like, oh my God, how are you doing? <laughs> you know? And friends were like, oh, how are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, right. Like there's a me in here. I get it. Um, right. And then, and then, you know, within that two weeks, I had surgery. Like everything, it was done, and you know, lymph nodes were gone and removed. And so, thank God, it was very early, caught in stage one. You know, so it wasn't knock on wood, whatever it is. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, however, you know, the waiting time, the waiting game is no fun. Like because they they take off the lymph nodes and then they tell you, oh, then you'll need to know if you're going to have chemo or radiation. You know. And anyone who's been in that place knows that those are terrible days. They're just the most challenging days. And emotions are flying and, and you know, like you're throwing up, you're vomiting, you're, you're diarrheaing, like everything that goes through, you know? Um, so anyway, on a happier note, um, after... <laughs> well, yeah, but that's... Okay, so I, I get mammograms. And okay. about 10 years ago, they're like, you have two lumps in your left breast, come in for an ultrasound in three days. <laughs> like, like what <laughs> right right i'm sorry did you say three okay. days <laughs> i'm just gonna go you know right. uh, I, you die for like I, you 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 don't know what to do with that information at the same time you, like you said you have to tell people hey i i don't know what's going on and i have to go in and see and i I mean, thank God for me, when I went in three days later, they do the ultrasound, but then the radiologist has to send it to your doctor and the doctor has to call you. But my radiologist came into the room and he said, oh. they, he, he just said, I want to come into the room and just talk to you now so you don't have to wait another three days to get a phone call. Thank, thank God for that man, right? Yes. 
Yes. And, and I have two lumps in my breast still that don't change size. and I don't want to know what they are. And it's fine. But I had to get checked every six months for two years. And it's those things where you're like, it's always three days. Are you yeah. kidding and, and it's the not knowing that is the absolute worst. Because once you know, you can start to process. Do something. Right. Try, you can do something about it. Right. It's yeah. just not knowing. And, and there's really, even Netflix and chilling is, you know, like, <laughs> like Postmates can be your best friend, you know, like, um, you, I want, you know, be around friends. Like you just have to, you get to keep yourself busy, you know? Um, Very. Yeah. And Very. then, and then it, the, the process continues, right? So like yep. six months later, well, actually it was like, I think I had to go every three months for a while and then six yep. months it you, right? So then you, in my book, I talk about learning, right? The L is for learning. I, I still to this day take someone when I go to the, the oncologist because I know better. I know that like, I might not hear everything. I, and I've learned that like, you know, at any point, like I had a scare two years ago, like this was 12 years ago, but I had a scare two years ago and it was something on my back. And of course I couldn't see it. And I'm not gonna like take pictures of my back. And you know, now I can make my husband do that, right? But <laughs> like, then I couldn't. So I've, I learned lessons and, and learned from the experience. So I feel that you, with any type of trauma, you get to really um, take a moment and reflect on what you've learned from the situation, even if it's death. I mean, even if it's losing someone. And I talk about death as if it's my best friend because I love death and I love everything about death, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> that doesn't sound odd at all. So okay, yeah. we'll be, yeah. <laughs> I hear that so often. <laughs> so what was next? Was it <laughs> You're so in the middle of your own traumas, your survival, I'm guessing marriages, divorces, babies, deaths, like that's got, that's not like it all happened today. That's right. got to be woven into all of this. And then we've got HIV and a kidnapping. Yeah. So the HIV and kidnapping happened the same year. Oh, well, we want to condense a little bit. Right. Don't want to spread it out too much. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and it all was happening with that same job that like I, I manifested myself. So it was very interesting. <laughs> Not what I wanted to manifest. I forgot that part. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, um, what, what happened was, I'm trying to think like, yeah, I can. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so my boyfriend of two years two and a half years i thought we were monogamous and i think that's the name of the chapter whatever it's like i thought we were monogamous um he and i were were totally in love and he started to feel sick for like a whole month and we we're like what's going on and then he just kind of knew that he had contracted hiv and i was like how is that possible i was like we did that one three-way once maybe twice but that you know so i couldn't really figure out what was going on um because i was an idiot and I, not an idiot but i was like kind of so in love that i was like he wouldn't have cheated on me you know that kind of thing so turns out i got the call like we went to the doctor on monday another thing where you wait the two or three days right but and he knew it and so did our doctor our doctor was like the number one hiv doctor and, and we didn't go to him on purpose but he was our doctor luckily and um so i got the call literally the to get to Mexico at the time from LA where I was going to Mexico, it took about a day. Like I had to travel seven hours by plane and then four hours by car and then spend the night somewhere. And then, yeah, so it was a whole thing. The moment I get to the Hacienda, the, the big, huge ranch mm -hmm. that we're on, my boyfriend at the time calls me and I couldn't understand a word. He, love has a beautiful accent, but I couldn't understand what he was saying because he was crying and 
uh, he just said, I have it. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And I was like, wait, what? And then he's, and I said, HIV. And he's like, yes. And then he couldn't say anything else. And then I was, you know, and then you go through that process. I called his best friend right away. I was like, you need to get to him now because it's going to take me an, a, a day to get home. <laughs> right. Um, so long story short, I somehow made it back to the, the, the second airport or third airport. I take three planes, blah, blah, blah. I made it in time. And as I was running to get to my second plane in Mexico City, I sat down on a plane and I realized, holy shit, I'm about to go through something huge right now. I know it's not me, but our whole lives are going to change. Like we can't use the same toothbrush, not that we know did, but you know, you can't use, you can't use the same razor. You can't use the same, I mean, like a lot changes. Then, then do we use condoms? Do we not? I mean, like what? Like, and, and none at this point, no one had ever said like, you need to get checked. Right. So right. Hey, when the doctor was like, dude, you need to get checked. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like it, I mean, I, I literally, yeah. Like, cause yeah. again, I was shocked and like going through all this stuff. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. I sat down on the plane and I was like, I'm going to go through something major. I was like, how cool would it be if I could chronicle every aspect of this so that way I can help at least one other person may be going through the same thing. And that's how this book was really born. Like at that moment, you know? Wow. Yeah. Like, that's uh, really fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And I did make it back to him that night. It was like one or 2 AM in the morning, but you know, and then we went through that whole lovely experience, but uh, yeah. So like, you ended up getting tested and you were negative. So for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think I'm immune. <laughs> Like, you know, don't I'm, run I'm, with that I'm, one yeah no i know yeah no. right. <laughs> don't test that theory but i was i mean i was exposed several times you know like and without and, realizing it yeah at the most aggressive point like that's when it's the easiest to contract from someone else i learned so i learned oh okay so i was really lucky um i was really yeah. Lucky. yeah and that had to have been tremendously scary it to was, watch someone and to wonder yeah. And not know, I mean, I, I remember him saying like the week before, like, if I have HIV, I'm going to kill myself, you know, things like that. So it's, it's quite the experience. And even again, like I went through the same, that's when I really discovered, okay, you go through shock and then you go through this like denial. Cause for like two weeks I was like, I'm good. Like I'm good. <laughs> you know. <laughs> then the emotions hit. Then you're like a train wreck of emotions. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I didn't start learning though until I left him and I didn't think that I would ever leave him because of it you know and oh so, my gosh I hadn't even thought about that yeah because you don't think about that you're like I'm in this like we're in this together like but I'm you found out he was not faithful I found out he was not faithful yes which is a little bit of a game changer and on top of that you weren't faithful and you weren't safe about it <laughs> and right. you put more than yourself in jeopardy you put everyone that you've ever been unfaithful with like all of us are in jeopardy equally yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think of that as a very selfish act. Like if you're going to screw around, I can't stop you, but please be safe so yeah. that the rest of us don't, I don't want to sleep with all the hundred of people that, <laughs> I don't know that. where that thing's been. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I don't know where that beautiful thing has been. <laughs> so, okay. So that's a lot. Now, how did you hit the point? You got tested and you were negative, but how, I don't know what the correct term is. What is the incubation? 
Oh, period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you could just get tested that day and be like, I'm good. I had blood transfusions when I had a surgery. I had five blood transfusions, right? Yeah. That meant I was at higher risk for hepatitis and HIV. And I had to get, I had to wait six months to get tested. And then I, but the the testing process was, I mean, it's just a blood test. The test wasn't hard, but the intervals, the incubation. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, it was uh, day one, essentially like the next day I got tested. Okay. Um, It was one week after that. It was two weeks after that, a month. And then it went three months, six months. Yeah, it was. And I was diligent because my mother's like, you better make sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's really scary. And there is this like, I don't know, incubation is probably not the right word, but there's this whole process to your body. Yeah. And And, and it's terrifying. Yeah. And I, and I want everyone to know too, that like, it's not a death sentence anymore. You know, amazing drugs now, medicine, medications down to one medication a day you know, like it's, it's come a long way. So it's not death sentence. They can even like sperm, scrub your sperm. So you can like have children without HIV. So there is so much that I learned, obviously, because I was like, I know we wanted to have children. We wanted to have children more than anything else. So I literally was like, okay, sperm scrubbing. They don't do it in this country yet, but they do it in like France and like, we'll go there. (laughs) We're going to get knocked up in Paris. Right. Right. (laughs) So romantic. (laughs) So romantic. It's where I want to have my sperm scrubbed. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah where in this was it before or after the the kidnapping so it was um you know what that year was a blur really no kidding the know, same year yeah okay august 11th was when i well i know oh that was when i was held at gunpoint because i just remember that date so i think it was before then um was it before or shortly thereafter I can't remember. Isn't that sad? I can't remember. No, it's not sad. It's it's the things that you don't have to remember because your brain doesn't need that information. But w- within close proximity, it was very with yes, it was within. And I was going back and forth, <clears throat> as you know, between Mexico as I right. And um, we were always pulled over mm-hmm. by, you know, in the Mexico there's many levels of police there's like local police and then state police and then military police and then there's the military and then there's the cartels so you can you never know who you're getting pulled over really by so and we had an armored vehicle like what obama would drive in like well he had grade eight i had grade four but anyway you get it was a very coveted vehicle and one day we just got pulled one day we just got pulled over that's funny one day there was a paddy wagon. They pulled us over in the middle of a highway, like a six lane highway, whatever. It was very odd. We get out of the car. They always laugh at me because they're like, because I'm, you know, I was like, this is like 10 years ago. I was super, I mean, I was super young looking. So they thought I was like a senator's son or something, you know? So they always laughed at me because everyone would say jefe to me, right? <laughs> that, that was because I had security guards and at all times. Anyway, so they pulled us over. I thought it was weird. And then I said, can we pull over to the like the side of the road and not like the middle of the road, please. Cause we were in the middle of like six lanes coming together. So we get there. I, I shit you not within three minutes, there were six cars there um, beside the paddy wagon. They blocked the car. So we couldn't get out backwards or forwards. And I knew immediately I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, like this is not going to be good. I knew it wasn't the, I knew it wasn't the military obviously. And I knew anyway, I 
immediately was like, okay, do I play that I don't speak Spanish? Because I speak Spanish and other languages fluently. And I was like, no, I'm going to speak Spanish today. So, you know, we started the whole thing. There were six guns on me within five minutes. I started off being a smart ass, but not because, not because like I'm an idiot, like I was toward the end, but it was because why are you pulling me over? Like, I, I know you want my car. I know that's why you're here, but I don't want you to take me or my car. So I don't, I'm just going to be like an asshole. And right. I, so I started, not an asshole. I was just very confident, right? I'm like, hey guys, what's going on? What are we doing? Even with six guns and not like small guns, like machete guns, like one, like AK-47s that we shouldn't have, like that kind of thing on me. Mm -hmm. And so they asked for my passport. Um, and so they knew I was American right away, which always kind of gives them a pause, right? because we're American. So what they literally found out within a 45 minute period as they were ransacking the vehicle, which is very different than if the military pulls you over, the military will take out your stuff, put it back the exact same way they found it, or the military police will do the same thing. But when you're local police or when you're cartels, you're just ransacking the whole vehicle. You know I mean? He literally took my computer and was like, what's, why do you have two computers? This is my personal computer. This is, you know, and I explained everything. I was very, I was nice and cordial to a point. Um, and then the big hef I got there in his white Volvo, I remember, or not my Wow. I remember exactly, I can see it right now, you know? And he's a little plumpy and he gets out and he has a pink Barbie phone, which is important. So he takes out his pink Barbie phone, but then has another phone. And in Mexico, you're only allowed one phone because of this problem. So you know that it's a burner phone and it's illegal to have a burner phone. So I knew it was not good. And I know he was talking to his jefe. And they started saying something about like how um, the company that we work for is really is very close friends with the Clintons, which is very true. So I worked at um, Wonderful, which was Roll International. They have Fiji Water, all that stuff. Yeah. Those owners are very like they're very good friends with the Clintons, and Hillary was the, the Secretary of State at the time, so they knew that within 45 minutes it took them to figure that out. So they were pissed because they knew that they couldn't take the car unless they wanted to have problems with the Clintons, and they did not want to do that. But they gave me hell in the meantime. And they, you know, again, the more smart-assy I got, the closer the guns got to my head. So I kind of figured maybe I should be, like, uh, I mean, I was a good guy. I mean, I, I promise. I, I was nice. I was cordial. But I was, you know, you're not going to walk over me. And so at one point, he looked at me, and he knew that I knew what he was saying. And he just said, I don't know what to do here. And I was like, I... I can't help you. Like, can we go? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, here's my, here's my proposition to you. You want the car? Take the fucking car. Like, just take the fucking car. He's like, I don't want your car. I was like, yes, you do. And he's like, no, you're, you know, he's like, all of a sudden started accusing me that I was part of the cartels, which no one talks about down there. It's very like, oh. subtle. So to talk about it openly, I knew immediately. I was like, I know exactly which cartel you are. I know why, blah, blah. And I knew he could chop off my head in a second. And so that was about the time that I almost peed my pants. And, <laughs> and, then I, and then I remembered that there was this military lieutenant in the area who would always come to our ranches and check for cartels and other people. And I would always give them waters and Diet Cokes and Cokes. And one time, the last time I did it, right before this, he gave me his number and he said, listen, if you're ever in a... I, I know that people are casing your joint. I know that the cartels are after your cars. Why don't you call me if you get pulled over by someone? And so I really thought about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. So I took out my phone or I went to grab my phone. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going to call Lieutenant Martinez. And he's like, 
how do you know Lieutenant Martinez? Like, he knew exactly who he was right away. And I was like, oh, because he comes to our ranch and, like, you know, we're friendly. And he's like, he's like, you really have his number? I was like, yeah, look, right here, Lieutenant Martinez, right? And so he looked at me, stared me down. I thought I was really going to shit my pants at that point. Cause, mm -hmm. And then he finally decided, he's like, all right, we're out of here. And then with literally within a minute, everyone was gone. And then I breathed because I don't think I was like the entire time, right? And my, my security guard was like, oh my God, oh my God, that was the Zetas or that was the cartels, that was the cartels. Like, mm -hmm. out. And I was like, I, I can't, like, can you calm down, please? Like, we didn't get taken. They're gonna He's like, I have to report this. I, I was like, I know, I know, it's all good. So, and I had to calm him down yet again. Yeah. And then about, and then we got to our just final, this, then we got back in the car and it was not as if everything was normal, but then about two or three hours later, I call my then boyfriend at the time and the next, or the next guy, I think it was the next guy. And he, um, and then I started crying. Like I literally was like, what just happened to me? You know? So yeah, so that was more or less the end of my, of my, of my dream job. <laughs> yeah, it's time to move. Let's manifest some different shit now. Huh? <laughs> yes, it's not worth, my life wasn't worth $100,000, you know, like. No, yeah. so my next question or direction is you have to come to terms with this relationship and break up with this guy. Yeah, yeah. And and say, hey, I deserve better. So I get that. And I also get how hard it is because you thought you'd be there as his emotional support. Right. The, right. Yeah. So that's very, very hard. And then tell me about what happened the next day. Because now we've gone through some pretty heavy shit. I mean, cancer, a kidnapping, and an HIV scare, not little things. So you've gone through a lot, you're right, in a short amount of time. Yeah. Tell me about how that came to you the next day. You that, break up with him and yeah. then being a medium. Oh, I, I don't. It like, wasn't like a two by four to the head, like I'm assuming no, it was. Okay. Like you said earlier, I tell everyone that the world opened up to me, which is the yeah. words, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was as if the world said, okay, you've been through enough now. You're ready. You've broken patterns you're now developing a new pattern and a new gift. And to be very honest, it was, it was uh, very distracting for like nine months. I didn't know what was going on. I just would be with someone or be out with like you and, and other people. Right, we're hanging out. And, or your, your deceased mother or whoever would come to me and I'd be like, what? And I, so it took me nine months to realize, no, this is real. And this is like not going away anytime soon. So then I started telling everyone. So I didn't really tell anyone for the first nine months, which is interestingly time. Um, coming out as a medium was a little bit harder than coming out as gay, which is so bizarre. No, I, I mean, I kind of thought when we went back in time, it may have been at least bisexual. I mean, at some point you had to come out and be like, hey guys, guess what? Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, when I was like, take me, if you want to take me back further and you didn't, I thought, well, maybe that wasn't, I would think it would be difficult no matter what, especially because we're not that far apart in age. And so our sort of generations were like eight years apart. It wasn't the same no. as it is today. No, for sure. No, I had a very sort of parents, family, friends, and I was really confident for 15 and I knew 
that I wasn't, I knew, I always knew I was unique, right? Even since the time I was five, I knew I remember exactly where I was when I discovered that I was very unique and I, I had attraction for boys and girls. Um, and I knew I was different. And so the rest of my life, I've been an overachiever just to kind of make up for the fact that I always might be unique. I mean, now I don't, but mm. for a very long time. I mean, I was valedictorian, graduated high school in three years. I mean, I speak like five languages. I, I definitely am an overachiever and a nerd. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so coming out was not, was not a big deal. I mean, it, you know. It was, but. It was, it was, and everyone had their reactions, but not like the mediumship. I mean, like, God bless my parents who are very supportive in everything else that I do. They still are, this is six, seven years later, they're still kind of asking like, so how is it going? How is your mediumship going? Like with an apprehension, you know? So, um, well, and let's put some puzzle pieces together. So you get into HR and you like it to some yeah. degree. Okay. Yeah. And you, you do the coaching, the yoga, like I, I think sometimes we're searching for something that's right in front of us, but we're either not ready or it's not ready. So like the yogi, that makes sense to me. When you said that, I was like, of course you did. Because you're, you're, you know that there's something more and you're not sure what it is and it hasn't shown itself yet. Right? So you're searching for it and we're, right. Um, in obvious ways, like maybe I'll find it here. You become the coach. You know, there's more you want to, I get the intuitive coaching, all of that being the author and the HR and marrying that the mediumship. You're right. Like that's a hard one to talk about. Yeah. It's, it's the most fun too. I mean, and, and it leads to death because, because death is part of life and it's right. the, the only guarantees, right. That in taxes or whatever. Right. Yep. So I think, well, I think I know that I, 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 I yearn and um, really like my major passion in life, greatest passion, one of my greatest passions after the intuitive business coaching is to help people heal, right? Through life and death um, and to, to demystify the stigma really around death. You had to go through all of those traumas and you got through them and you figured out a formula that made sense that would work across the board yeah. and yeah. you wanted to give that back. Absolutely. So that makes total sense. You took your life experience and your strengths and married them. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. I love the chakras and all that stuff. You can open mine anytime you want. <laughs> what? Right. This is what's interesting about, I would love it. I love it. So what's interesting about energy work is that every time I've only gone to one person and she's amazing. Okay. Um, but it's been a while. And Every time it's not what I expected, because in my mind, I thought this is probably going to be the next thing that we work on. The universe is like, think again. Um, it's never what you think. And almost every time I was a little pissed off. Really? Well, because she, like you, okay, you and I can say we know each other pretty well. Maybe we've met like six times at this point, just hanging out on Zoom, like chilling, we love each other, you're my brother from another mother, that whole thing. But then when you say something to me that you wouldn't know because I hadn't told you. Yeah. So I know you know, I know it's a download. And oh. I'm, a, I'm a little taken aback by that, one, and by what it is, and by your presentation. So my initial is like, oh yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. And now I'm a little like, yeah, isn't that weird? So well, let me give you an example. She said you were about 16, 15 or 16. Yeah. 
you made a contract with a being because you didn't ever want to be in that pain again. So you were willing to make a contract with this being so that you would never have to feel that way again. And I said, oh, I know the moment that that happened. Really? I would have never told you in those words. I would have never brought it up. I would have never said it that way. I don't remember a being being there. I didn't sign a damn thing, but I knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> That's amazing. And so I said, I, but I'm a little irritated that you know all of this <laughs> and I don't know all of this. Like, I don't well, think I feel. I can right? read myself. Right. So like, what do you do with this downloaded information when you're just casually chatting? And then all of a sudden it's got to be like, um, you know, it, it happens a lot. Welcome to my life. I um, can't imagine. Never a dull moment. And also marrying one is also never a dull moment. We will be sitting someplace and my heart will start palpitating. And then I'll know the woman next to us is her mother. And I know I have to say something. I call it a drive-by reading. That happens all the time. When, I, when I'm in readings, obviously, it's like the appropriate place to be like, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know now. Right? And that's really cool. It's one of the coolest things about my, like, my clients. They say, you're like, the the chairman of the board and the whole board all in one plus you can see things that no one else can see right plus you right. can see things into me that no one else can see right or that i don't want to see or i'm not ready to see you know i mean you've been an executive so you know yeah yes how that works so it's never a dull moment never and it's like i mean if i were talking to you it's always what you need to hear, right? So you uh -huh. might need to hear, like some girl yesterday, I give a reading and she's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, this is what you need to hear. And maybe you need to hear, never go back to him again. So you go back to him once and then move on, right? <laughs> like, yeah, um, right, right. I could go on and on and on about that, but. Well, I, I mean, I've seen, I saw her do that with me. Yeah. And I was going there for that's I, like you said, you show up, I'm showing up, but I know what, look, I want to tackle this and I want to get it over with. Right. Isn't that how a lot of people, I have this issue, you solve it. And she's like, yeah, well, before we do that, <laughs> there's a couple of things you need to know. And yeah. actually we're not even going to get to that, but that, you know, but <laughs> and so I think from the perspective of the person it's happening to, you have to be. I started to love like, what are we going to learn today? Yeah. Yeah. Because I have, I have the outline for you and I know like that's not going to happen, but I still have it because it makes me feel like I have some semblance of control over nothing. Yeah. I wrote the list. We're not using it's that list today. List. It's not on the list. It's a different <laughs> list. I don't even have the list. <laughs> So from both perspectives, I mean, I've never had a download like that. That's not part of who I've ever been. Mm -hmm. So I can only imagine when that happens. And I know to her, it's like, this makes no sense to me, but I'm just going to tell you. Oh my God. I have, that's the thing I say so much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because it doesn't mean, what did that mean to you? When you were 15 to 16, you made a, a, a pact. And this is why you, and then she says to me, this is why you can show love, but you really don't allow yourself to feel it. And I was like, okay, bitch, now we got some problems because <laughs> you're right. And now I'm angry. But you know, like, because you as a medium will say things to the other person in a way, like you said, they need to hear, but it's hard to hear. Oh, right. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, it's also, 
I feel like I'm a translator and messenger, right? Right, right. Okay, okay. So I'm not gonna, like, people are like, I don't want to hear bad things. I'm like, well, then stop <laughs> texting while you're driving and you won't get into an accident. Like, you know, like, there's, there's ways to say things. And then there's, like, last night, I mean, I sometimes, yeah, I mean, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'm trying to stay focused here, but like, that's okay. When I say things to people, it's more like, can you please tell me why he keeps showing me Broadway? Like, will you please tell me why he keeps And then she's like, oh, because his biggest dream for me was that I was on Broadway. And I was like, well, it still is. <laughs> so you have to do that, right? Chop, chop. Um, right. Or like your father, I'm like, I know he's had problems with his heart. And she's like, is he gonna die? I'm like, no, but he needs to have, I want you to know that he's gonna have to have some other type of surgery. He's gonna have a little murmur or something and he's gonna have to have surgery again. And she's like, is he gonna die? I was like, I didn't say he's gonna die. I just said like, you know, I mean, I'm really nice. I sound like I'm an asshole, but I, you know, it's, it's all in the presentation too. Cause I could be a yeah. bitch and be like, you don't love anyone. Or I could be like, <laughs> I feel, and when you get close to people or when you're in, you're in, right? Like that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm pretty. Yeah. And she was too. She was good about it, but it's, <laughs> it's still. After she smacked you across the face. With it, the it was, <laughs> I mean, it does. It's just interesting that we can have this conversation about being on two different sides of it. Yeah. I know she was very sweet and gentle about the presentation. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, because the person is hearing something, they want to know, is he going to die? They want to have the, okay, if you have this information, like, give me the whole thing. Tell me the date this happened, you know? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work that way. Or we hear it in the way that we hear it because that was hurtful for me to hear. It wasn't her presentation. It was yeah. my listening. Of course. No, your interpretation, response, and all that stuff. Right. I mean, what you just said is I can actually tell people when they're going to die. Like, it's a very weird, strange, unique gift that I have, but I can literally tell people within a day or two when they're, like, especially if they're sick, but if they don't have to be sick. Like, if you're like, how much longer do I have? I'm like, because I know when I'm going to die. I know when my parents are going to die. Like, I haven't even thought about my husband yet, but, like, I know when people are going to die. So it's very unique and rare. Um, but yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting skill that I have. So it took you like nine months to really feel like you could even talk about it. Like, okay, this is really happening. And then the floodgates had to be, once you were like, yes, you know, okay. Don't say the words, bring it, <laughs> but you know, basically like bring it. Okay. I get it. I'm going to embrace this. It must've been, was it just like this inundation of floodgates? Oh yeah, I mean it was during that nine months. It was the a floodgate. Okay, and so actually embracing it was that easier? Yeah, and funny enough that you should mention that. that so the E is the embrace. You're so good. No, <laughs> I haven't even read it yet. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was it was awesome to embrace for me. Other other people might have had, but they can still have whatever thoughts they want. But for me, right. it was it is the most incredible and one of the reasons why I'm on this earth. And I say that because. Again, I'm supposed to heal people in life from death and life. And it's like, it's to help people heal. And I feel like that's why I have these gifts. And now I know what I had been searching for like my entire life and why I went through all these crazy, crazy, crazy shit, right? <laughs> and what is it like? I mean, I know from my perspective, because I had some like relationships that good guy, not good with me, like another person's treasure. <laughs> move on. <laughs> um, and then, 
here you go. Um, <laughs> tried to fix it, didn't really work. <laughs> so I, I've been in those situations that are definitely less than ideal, like you were in relationships. Then you get one that was healthy, and that was hard for me. Was it like I was? It wasn't even like a, I don't deserve this or it's too. I just had really never been with anyone that legitimately was in it. Wow. Like when when they said I want to work through it, they wanted to do the work yeah. like their work and I do mine and we do like then we and it it was um over it's a wonderful thing that was very overwhelming mm. part of my heart chakra thing I know but no, you know, no. but how, what was it like to find someone and then what was it like wh when did you meet him as far as you're getting your learning you were a medium uh it was I only met him like a year and a half ago actually so so you already had that happen we yeah so we were we knew that we were each other were mediums and that's kind of how we met through mutual friends got it and i you know people want to set up their gay friends all the time so these i want to set my, my gay friends yeah. up all i'm always like prepared to say something like oh what beautiful eyes blah 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 you know but they showed me his picture and i was like oh that's cool. And then they said he was from South Africa. And I was like, oh my God, he has an accent. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. So I was like, yay. Um, and, then, and then I stalked him on Instagram for a couple of days before he finally responded. I'm like, why are you waiting? But um, I'm then, here. Yeah. Oh my God. The, I love that you just said that. So we were speaking and FaceTiming for like four or five weeks before we met in person. And then the day that I met him, I thought that when you know, you know, it wasn't a heterosexual, no offense, construct, you know? No, it's not. No, yes. No, I get it. And so when I got out of the car, I was like, I mean, we had been falling for each other, but when I got out of the car, I was like, oh my God, there you are. And he said, here I am. And I mean, we had a little thing after that. He wasn't quite ready. I wasn't quite ready. But the point was like, I knew, I knew yep. my mother, like who a couple weeks later, I was like, I met the man I'm going to marry. And like, I don't speak like that. Like, that's not my, that's not my vernacular. Right. Right. So, yeah, and and we've only been married for a year, so yeah, it's just uh, it's it's awesome, but it's and no buts, and it's it's work, you know. It's work. It's good work. It's good work. It's meaningful. Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's so worth it. Now you've taken the intuitive business coaching, and brought it corporate. How open are? Because I'm going to just tell you my thought process these executives these influencers these celebrities are uh, i would think the ceo type more yeah. type a kind of not open want it their way control freaks i know that that's a stereotype mm. but then here you come in as a medium has that been wildly successful and or open things up in certain ways does it just allow you to have conversations without them knowing you're a medium are you very outspoken about it so I, I think it takes a certain type of ceo or an executive right i think influencers and celebrities are much more open to like the yeah. media and that sort of stuff right because it's been mainstream in that realm for a while so i think that the ceo don't even realize that even the ones I'm working with they don't realize like, that I'm working on them or that I'm opening them up or that I'm having the conversation but they always tell me things that they've never told anyone else you know so they open up on a level because they know I know already you know so it's like yep. they can't hide at all so I think that scares the crap out of the shit out of people but yeah uh, so I, I am like I'm building it right now right like I only have a couple clients but it's something that and it's that's what I have to figure out is how do I 
how do I target them? Maybe not saying I'm a medium at first, but intuitive business coaching, when they ask what it is, then I say like, oh, I'm a self-help author. I'm also an intuitive. I know things, you know, right. um, maybe not going so far into it, but then, but then eventually they, I mean, people like me, which is nice. So like after a while they will open up and then they'll be like, so my mother that died like, you know, 10 years ago. Can we talk about that for a couple minutes? I'm like, yeah, of course. Duh. <laughs> like, well, and I would think, and this is why I'm asking when I was, I did my first year of college and my cousin who was my mother's age was a Reiki instructor. She did massage, right? I didn't know what that meant. I just knew she was like a massage therapist and she didn't shave her armpits, like uh, whatever. And we were in Vermont, okay? I lived in Vermont. So she was a little crunchy, that's fine. But she was, but I loved her. She was yeah. really neat. And she asked if she could give me a massage and it probably took me between 20 and 30 years to really figure out, I mean, literally that she did energy work on me that day. And I don't know exactly what she did, but from that point, moving forward, something in me shifted and was healed. And I don't even know at what point I could say it like that. I could tell you, like I had this massage. It was incredible. There was nothing specific. I can't pinpoint a damn thing. I remember her touching me and reaching to get um, oil and saying one of her things is that you never completely break contact with the person that you're giving the massage to. You keep, okay. That is the only thing about that massage I can tell you that I remember. I was 18 years old, but I know that when that happened, something inside me shifted. And then years and years and years later, it's not something you think about all the time, except that something in me shifted and healed. Wow. or began that journey awesome. and it was very pivotal but i didn't realize until like years and years and years later like i don't and i don't even remember what finally you know people say the same things over and over but like you said something to me one day and i was like holy shit she did energy work on me like i know what happened that day because wow. it just i i never connected the dots of that yeah. and i kind of wish i had earlier so i asked you that because you can do a lot of work with people that you're coaching without yes. ever knowing that you're creating shifts. And I know that because I had it happen to me. Right. And what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm opening your, your fourth chakra, like as we're talking, so you might feel some more emotions. On <laughs> <laughs> Just letting you know. Oh shit. But isn't that crazy that like, I know you have that ability to do that. Oh, cool. I never thought about it really that way. So it's, it's, um, thank you for that. That's, um, that's a wonderful way to, that's a beautiful way to think about it. So when they're talking to you later and they're saying, can I talk about my mom who died 10 years ago, that could have been a month ago, something that you shifted without just you doing you. She was just doing her. She didn't know anything about the situation that she was healing. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing. I I know that this one of my clients, um, he, he like, he says, I know you're working on me right now. Like, I know that. I'm like, yeah, I am. As we're talking, you know, and like he can sometimes feel it because it's, it's not that I consciously do anything. Sometimes, sometimes I do. Right. Sometimes I'm like, like with you, I'm like, literally like I, I'm going up the chakras and blah, blah, blah. But with him, like, sometimes I'm just like, can you just take a breath for me, please? You know, like we take a breath together and then he's like, oh, okay, thank you. And then he keeps going. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I almost love the thought of you integrating it, not just because it's who you are, 
and not being like, I'm a coach that's a medium and I help CEO. You know what I mean? Like either way is good, but what a gift you could give people without realizing how much you're shifting in their lives until those conversations start to organically happen. Anyway, I just love it. That's beautiful. <laughs> Seth, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I can't believe it's like that time passed. So I'm like, oh my God, it's like we're sitting and having coffee. I love it. <laughs> I know, me too. Thank you. What's the easiest place for people to find you? What And you do readings for people online? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I do readings for anyone in the world, like FaceTime, Skype, Google Chat, whatever, in person if they're in LA, uh, San Diego. Um, so I am sethelliot.com is like the best way to find me or sethsantoro.com. Uh, or find my book, How I Learned to Smile from the Inside. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at Seth. I am Seth Elliott is my, ha is my like uh, my Instagram, my Facebook, my uh, Pinterest, all that stuff. So, And we'll have links. Everything will be linked so people yeah. can find it easily. But that's good to know. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much.